Welcome to Teaming Up. On the latest Teaming Up episode, Aiden Newbold and Christine Coffey of Carnes Coffee talk about all things creative. The two will talk about getting started with creative projects and how important it is to bring creative into the front end of a strategic communications conversation and even dive into using AI in the creative world. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Teaming Up podcast. My name is Aiden Newbold. I'm Hodges Director of Creative Services, and today I am joined by Christine Coffey. Christine is the owner and creative director of Carnes Coffee, which is a branding, design, and creative marketing studio based here in Richmond. I'm so thrilled to have Christine join me for this conversation today. Uh, I've loved the opportunities that we've had to work together in the past. She is so, so smart, so easy to work with. I am obsessed with the way that her brain is wired. Christine, welcome to Teaming Up. Thank you. Wow. What an intro. I'm going to have you follow me around. <laughs> intro me everywhere. Be your little shadow. Yeah. Christine, I'd love if you could share a little bit more about how you got to where you are today. And I think too, like speaking to um, Karn's Coffee and the business model and how you guys like flex. And I think that, uh, that'd be great to kick things off. Sure. Um, you know, where I ended up, where I am now is pretty winding, like I think most people's roads. Um, I, I did go to college for graphic design. I sort of stumbled into it at a time when the college that I went to, Syracuse University, was just starting that major. So I, I feel like I got pretty fortunate that I've been able to find something that I'm passionate about from mostly the beginning. Um and then I just kind of cut my teeth in a variety of design firms all up and down the Atlantic coast, Baltimore, DC. Uh, I even had a stint in London for a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, at the time, then I started, uh, I decided that I wanted to go back to graduate school to focus in graphic design again. That's how I ended up down here in Richmond. Uh, we went to VCU Arts and we were supposed to be here for two years. And 17 years later, here we still are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I taught a lot at VCU. I really enjoyed the the educational aspect of design, but at the same time, I still uh, took on some extra projects um, connected with my partner, who's the Carnes, Eric Carnes in the Carnes Coffee. And we both just sort of decided that not only did we want to work for ourselves, but we wanted to do the kind of work that we were most interested in. And we wanted to have the kind of studio that we enjoyed in terms of like client relationships, um, the hands-on nature of how we work, um, and really being able to um, produce like a, a high level of design for a lot of kinds of clients that don't typically have access to that. And so that's kind of how we started out. Kern's Coffee itself, um, like you said, we're a branding firm. We're a creative branding firm, um, which is, you know, how we ended up working a lot with Hodges because we work with a lot of strategists. Um, that's one of our focuses. We feel like strategy is the foundation of everything that we create. Um, so whether it's brands from scratch or whether it's um, building on to an existing brand, we kind of do it all. We do logos, 
identity systems, uh, marketing collateral, social media, <clears throat> social media campaigns, and really anything kind of the visual expression of the brand to really uh, bring that to life. And we love doing it. And we love partnering with everyone like Hodges and, and like working with you, Aiden, over the years um, so that so that we really are able to provide what, what we enjoy. Yeah, I think that's great. And that's kind of brings us into the next point of discussion is just like how we've kind of worked together in the past. And I think Hodges as an agency has evolved over time to where we were founded really traditionally as a media relations like PR shop. And, you know, as the industry has changed and the lines have blurred, we've, you know, found it valuable to bring some of the design capabilities to the agency as well. And, you know, our, the man behind the production today paved the way he, um, you know, started the creative services department, Tony Sita shout out. Um, and so I think, you know, we always say like partnership is in our name for a reason. And, you know, we've worked with Karin's coffee on things. If we need a videographer, we'll pull in a videographer for things, a photographer. And I think we've found that we do our best job for clients when we can, you know, be flexible and pull in the smartest people to do things. I think Christine too, I've never, I don't think I've ever shared this with you, but mm -hmm. I remember we worked together on the fast forward kind of revamp mm -hmm. where we brought that brand to you and you gave us more of a, a runway and roadmap to use. And I think about this more than, um, more <laughs> often than you would know, but you shared an example. It was a slide that had two blue squares on it. And I think like that has been inspiration for me. Um, just, you were saying like, here's a dull blue square and here is a bright blue square. And this is like how you can think about, um, design in a different way. And that, the one, the one on the right was kind of glowing and, and we were looking to bring our brand, you know, to social more like digital uses. And so that example like has been inspiration for me like the past few years. And it's like such a small, like random one slide, but that like those two blue squares, I always go back and think about. Oh, those. that's awesome to hear. Yeah. I, I remember that very well. And I think you're absolutely right. The the industry has blurred in the best possible way to open up kind of these avenues of collaboration. I mean, our favorite kinds of projects is when there's, like you said, other smart people on board. Your model is is our model as well in that we want the best people in the room for their particular task versus having it all in-house and it might not be the right team for, for that particular mm -hmm. project. Because we are so strategy-based, we really appreciate all the foundation that's able to be set that we can kind of jump off of. So you saying, you know, we, we jump off of you, you jump off of us. And mm -hmm. um, I, I think that that always produces the best results. So tell me a little bit about what you're seeing in the industry right now. <laughs> that's Big a good question. question. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm, you know, playing off of what we were just talking about, I do think that collaborative model is absolutely growing. Um, we experience that there's still some hesitancy from some larger companies that approach us, you know, that 
you know, oh, everybody's not in-house there from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. You know, there's there's often still some hesitancy on that. We find ourselves having to sort of explain how it works and how it is still kind of a seamless process, regardless of the teams that are involved, because we do work mm -hmm. together already. It's not just pulling a stranger, you know, off the street and working together, um, especially in Richmond, you know, we have such a closed loop of creatives that are so supportive of each other and, and really enjoy collaborating with each other. Um, so, so one of the things is, you know, I'm finding more and more that that's really a model that people um, are using and it's very successful. Again, you have the smartest people in the room for your particular project, no more and no less, which it, which is great for clients. And, and clients are warming up and understanding the model more. I mean, I'm seeing that more and more every time. It's not completely gone, um, but that's just kind of an experience level. People who have greater, more consistent design needs are more used to it now. Than, than others who may kind of do branding once every 10 years uh, for their particular company. So that's definitely something that um, we feel like is is a great part of the industry right now, um, being able to create those teams. We also feel like specifically in the branding space, a, there's a, a much larger need for more robust identity systems um, that's mm -hmm. probably our number one call, um, whether it's developing a brand from scratch um, or it's building onto an existing identity. And existing identity meaning a lot of times we get, well, we've had a logo and a color palette mm -hmm. and a font right. for five years. And it, it, you know, it worked for them just fine. But as a company grows, people realize that they need more. And I would say even over the past seven years, We've really evolved from having to educate people that they need a lot more of a robust system, not only to sort of be able to have art and and more robust kind of design graphic pieces for all of their mm -hmm. needs for the different channels, um, but also for all their different kind of messages. You know, it's companies aren't just one one voice now. Um, a lot of times. And so this idea of identity systems development uh, is really something that is or has been and is still growing um, in the branding space. We used to have to educate people a lot more about it. And now people are coming to us. Hey, we need a system. Yeah. And that's kind of how we have always worked. We don't want to give someone a couple pieces and then those couple pieces are used over and over and mm -hmm. over or those couple pieces aren't enough so you have in-house people who start going off book because there is no book um right. and so you know we we try to provide everything um everything that they need in terms of a systems approach grids uh more robust color palettes sometimes sub brands mm -hmm. and how they operate social media uh toolkits um, if you're in video, you know, bumper toolkits and whatnot. I mean, there's just so much that is needed and, and we kind of put it all together in a very well-articulated system that 
provides a lot of flexibility, right? Here are all the pieces. Here are some guidelines for how to use them. But then it also kind of leaves an opportunity for their in-house designers or their freelancers who are doing more of their day-to-day stuff to really be able to play within it. Because ultimately, Mm -hmm. that's also what a brand is, right? It's something that is living um, and it's not supposed to be just something that's stamped over and over and, and, and people get tired of it. Right. I think we've we've seen that as well, especially on the social media side. We have a, a good number of clients where we're executing their day-to-day social and, you know, they come to us and have, you know, this is our logo and this is our <sighs> color blue and this is our color green. What can you do with it? <laughs> right. And where, you know, you don't want to have the, the, on social, I think, especially you don't want to have the same thing over and over again. People with attention spans being so low and it being so easy to scroll and go to the next, you know, post the next video. Um, yeah. So just like not having the same old, like, Oh, every time, you know, we're sharing a quote and this is, it goes on a white background and it has yeah. a, you know, blue bar at the bottom um, meeting a little bit more. And especially for our clients where, you know, we might be where they are taking things and running with it and might not, their brains might not be wired that way. Um, just, yeah, giving them something that they can take and play with a little bit. Um, yeah, and motion too, like we're right? We're a ton. Yeah, yeah. For social media, you know, even kind of setting up some motion, mm-hmm. some motion guidelines too for for video, for GIFs. I will say too, I saw, I'm not sure if you've seen it, but if not, you should uh, check it out. The Olympics uh, brand book is... Paris. Yeah, like the way that they're taking the, you know, primary colors and the rings and how, you know, they, I think you can kind of drill down in the different rings and get, um, you know, patterns for social, like, I think their brand book has like 176 pages. So it is on the more, like in depth, we don't really do things (sighs) that big. But as like a creative, it is a good read. Yeah, you know, I haven't seen it directly. I have actually read an article about it talking about that as well, but I never went to go look at it. But, you know, the thing about that is, I think a lot of people look at that and say, oh, I don't have those needs. And of course, not many people have the needs of of the Olympics, um, (laughs) of course, but people do have a lot more needs than than they even realize. Just the patterns, photo styles, video style, and then on, you know, on Hodge's front, your voice, your tone of voice, how they all relate together. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot of people who don't know what they don't have until they don't have it anymore. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll definitely look up that, that piece because I am always looking for uh, ways to articulate kind of future needs to, to clients. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting read. But one other thing at Hodges, I think we're seeing a ton of too, which I'm connecting to post pandemic world is just a return to some of the traditional tactics like event signage and trade show materials and, you know, the good old three, the folded brochure, um, things like that, that I think for a while was like, if you looked at the book of work we do was like the tiniest minority of, of things. But now is like actually the projects that are coming in. I'm like, people are getting out and about and are wanting to, you know, make sure that their brand is up to snuff with how they're presenting themselves. Yeah. We've been seeing that too. Um, 
I mean, we just are, we're in the midst of two publications right now. We just finished a mm -hmm. trifold brochure for, for one of our clients. Um, I think you're absolutely right. I think with COVID, we actually uh, experienced a bit of a COVID boom in our business because I think a lot of people said, oh, I normally can stand in front of someone and project my brand. Mm -hmm. Then they start to evaluate their materials online and whatnot. And they think, oh, I haven't even thought about these in 10 years because I've been relying on myself. <laughs> so digital was a big push. And you're right. Um, uh, you bringing it up absolutely tracks with what we've been seeing as well in terms of more publications, more mail, mm -hmm. um, more still, still more identity um, pieces. But yeah, a lot of people have uh, more events. We do a lot of event branding and signage as well. Back to normal. Yeah. It's so crazy. <laughs> and the other, the one other thing I wanted to see and get your take on, um, I think I've somehow finessed my Twitter algorithm. I don't know what I'm clicking on, but it has been so AI heavy <sighs> for me. And I think that's like a very big buzz right now. Like, oh, AI, what is that going to look like for the future of our business? I think like as creatives, it's something to um, keep tabs on, but I wanted to just see, you know, what you've heard, what your, what your thoughts are. Yeah. Well, I'm certainly not a techie and can predict, I don't even know what's in the pipeline for AI, Same. but I'm sure it's something we've never considered would even happen in our lifetimes. I think that there's a lot of excitement around AI. I think there's a lot of fear around AI. We've just kind of em embraced the idea that this is a tool that is going to innovate our industry. Um, I mean, right now, um, the only ways that we're really seeing it are as concepts or first drafts. You know, we have mm -hmm. we have clients sometimes who'll send us content that they got out of ChatGPT and they'll ask us to copyright for brand and voice. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't sound like a robot, <laughs> but, you know, it helps the client sort of who is not it's this is not their job to, to do this piece, to do this content development. It helps them sort of articulate their ideas. I think with uh, you know, things like mid-journey with imagery, we've used them for concept pitches. It's definitely a time saver, but ultimately yeah. the concept pitch is to hire a photographer or a videographer or a post-production, you know, CGI house. Um, but but internally, I you know, that's actually been really great. I think that AI has the potential to be, or it already is, a great tool. It's just another mm -hmm. tool in the toolkit. Like it's a very cool tool in the toolkit, something we've <laughs> never seen before, especially being able to develop photography out of nothing. But it doesn't have that higher level thinking that we all do yep. on a daily basis to be able to put it all together, to be able to have the initial um, inspirational idea um, to create kind of an emotive brand. Uh <laughs> Maybe in 10 years, this podcast is going to sound really outdated because it will have evolved to it by then and, you know, will evolve with it. But uh, as of now, it, it's definitely more of a tool uh, like Photoshop that that we're seeing. And, you know, ultimately, AI thinks backwards, right? Like it can mm -hmm. only create something from something that's already been created. And that's not the business that we're in. We're, we're in the business of creating something uh, new and relevant for the time 
and and looking forward to the future. So that's where we're kind of seeing it as of right now in terms of its limitations. Yeah. And also the other thing um, that's specific to our industry is you can't copyright AI and that's a problem. You can't develop a logo on AI and then expect to copyright it. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that there's going to be a long way to go on that front to, to let AI kind of handle everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I echo that completely. I was saying like, it's an arrow in our quiver, just like it's a tool in the toolbox. Um, I think we've, some of the streamlining of work, I think on the Photoshop front has been helpful. I shared an example with the agency of just like having a picture where we need to remove a car and not having to do it point by point by point. Like that has been so nice and helpful. And, you know, we're able to work faster and do more work for our clients. But I do think there's that brand piece, especially for the work that we do for clients that can't be, you know, can't be generated with a, with a little prompt. I think, you know, some of the baseline research and, you know, we've just on the writing front, like blog ideas or mm-hmm. even getting some of those, you know, quick one, two, three, like list things and then taking them and expanding on them and, and inserting that brand voice uh, is something that I'm, I'm glad we still need um, yeah. from like an innovator and creative lens that I think would would be really hard to replicate. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty one dimensional. Whereas yeah, we are often asked to do a lot of multi dimensional thinking um, and one dimensional. Not to put it down, I mean AI is amazing and incredible, and amazing. and we'll see where it goes. So I did want to leave our. Listeners, I know we're, we're probably getting up on time. Um, I did want to leave our listeners with a couple nuggets that they can take home, a couple um, one, two, threes at the end. But if you're thinking about a client, if they're you know, considering bringing in a design partner, what are some things you would have them think about, questions to ask along that front? That's a big, um, you know, it's a, it's a huge investment for a lot of clients. And I think, uh, you know, in our experience, we find a lot of people don't do it very often. Um, we're lucky if someone was able to handle the rebrand at a previous company. But, you know, companies don't completely rebrand every <laughs> every few years. So a lot mm-hmm. of times, you know, the people who are in charge have really only seen zero to to one uh, rebrand in their lifetime. So it's it's intimidating. You don't know what you need um, quite right away. So, you know, I think I think one of the biggest tips is to look for a long-term partner. Um, you don't realize that uh, you will kind of continue to have needs as you move forward, even if you have an in-house design team um, to help you there, um, which, you know, one of our favorite things is handing off everything to an in-house design team. We don't, we don't, take on the bandwidth of being someone's in-house designer. Um, But there's constantly new campaigns and needs that come up and you want someone that you're going to feel like is a partner. I mean, I know it sounds cheesy, but you're going to want someone who, who you feel like kind of embodies um, how your company operates because you'll be working with them a lot, even I think after the brand refresh. Um, so good rapport, right? Um, what their experience is. Um, I think the best way um, to find out about someone is to ask recommendations from other people 
other colleagues who your brand admires. I mean, word of mouth and a personal recommendation is the highest compliment. And um, it, it definitely narrows down the field, um, I think, pretty significantly, especially since you've seen results and you've talked to people who've worked with them daily. Um, I think one of the big things is how much is determining what your needs are. How much handholding do you think you're going to want or need? Handholding in the best possible way, right? How much do you want to be shepherded right. through the process? How much communication will you need from those individuals? Um, how much communication do you like? You know, I think that a lot of people, there's sometimes a sales pitch and then there's the team that actually works for you. So you want to make sure you're actually talking to the people that you're going to be working with on a daily basis. I think you're going to want to be comfortable with their communication style. I think simple things like looking at previous work that they've done. I mean, obviously a lot of design shops have a lot of different styles and a lot of different work, mm -hmm. but if you kind of see something that really resonates or you see something that's at the level that you want to be at, um, then then I think that, that that goes a long way as well to be able to see those results. So don't be afraid to talk to, to ask for client, re, um, to ask for references mm -hmm. and talk to them. You know, one of our things that we really value is that we keep all of our clients. Like we're, we can always, they can always pick up the phone and they can always call us. Um, if that's something that you value, then you know, maybe talking to references, you'll say, hey, you know, what's the long term kind of relationship look like here? Um, what's the communication been? Yeah, I think the longevity of client relationships can speak volumes, too. So seeing like, you know, how many folks have they been working with who they've, you know, been doing work for five, even 10 years. We have some clients at Hodges that we've been working with for 10 plus years. And, you know, something's going well when those yeah. kind of when, you know, the, uh, the time put in is, is long. I think, um, one other thing I was thinking about was just, you know, knowing, I think sometimes clients will come to us and, you know, say like, Hey, we want, like, say they come, Hey, we want a logo. <laughs> and I think on our end, there's always more work to be done on the front end. And I think that would be something I would tell clients to think about is just investing a little bit of, you know, doing some of that background, some of that discovery on the front end will always lead to a better end product. Um, you know, do we work, do we drop everything and get things done if there's some kind of crazy timeline that we need to work against? Yes. But I think the projects where we're most successful are when we you know, the clients understand that we want to learn more about what those needs are, um, get some questions, answers, who are they, you know, who's their audience, what, where is this going to be um, for them as a brand? Like, is it website? Is it print collateral? Like the more we can do a little bit of digging on the front end, like we're always going to come back with questions, Yeah, you know, be prepared. Um, yeah. And I think it sets us up better when we do. You're absolutely right. You, you, you nailed that. In fact, it's always a joke among us when someone calls specifically the logo that you brought up. We yeah. need a logo. And we're always like, 
you never just need a logo. <laughs> right. It's like, I mean, unless you're, you know, to a say small this. artisan or whatnot, then that's fine. But right. you always want, and, and that's why we're here, right? We're here to sort of guide that mm-hmm. conversation and um, not to kind of blow up the scope, but to say, hey, this logo is going to last you maybe two years because we haven't really thought about it. But, you know, we're here to set you up for the next 10. Yeah. And I think there's a little bit of work on the front end trims down the back and forth throughout the entire process. Like if we can get really smart about what you're looking for, what the needs are, where it's going to live, there's going to be a lot less, oh shoot, like this is not what we had in mind or, you know, different revisions along the way, just because we took, took a little extra time on the front end that it's a big thing, but yeah. we want this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I and have about 500 questions. <laughs> I know. I do feel like I asked 500 questions. Yeah, <laughs> Hold on. Just too. one more question because, you know, they also call you, you know, that one day, but what are they going to look like in five years? You know, and, mm-hmm. and maybe they haven't even really thought about that formally, but once they start talking, they have all these big plans that, that really do need to go into the, the planning of it because we don't want you to come back to us in three years for a whole other brand refresh, because that's, Mm -hmm. that's a waste of your time and money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, great. This Christine, this was such a good conversation. I think so too. I did. We do 20 minutes. Appreciate the time. I think we did. I mean, my timer says 33 (laughs) and I started it a little earlier, so we may have gone a little over, but I think it was all really valuable. Put us on 1.2 X when you are (laughs) doing it. And I think we'll hit 20. (laughs) Just go, it'll be a little 30 minute walk. This is perfect. Thanks for listening to the Teaming Up podcast. Teaming Up is brought to you by the Hodges Partnership, a strategic communications agency that specializes in storytelling through public relations, media relations, content marketing, and social media. The Teaming Up podcast is a happy committee production. Episodes are released monthly. Subscribe on your favorite podcast service so you never miss an episode.